Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 238. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And let's pay a visit to the world of restaurants. And this is a world I know only a little bit about. We haven't covered it that much on this show. When I say I know a little bit about it, I mean my parents opened an Italian restaurant when I was five years old. It was them and three other couples. My dad essentially wanted to recreate the pizza that he missed in Chicago. I'm not talking about deep dish. Deep dish is horrendous. I say that as someone with Chicago roots. I really, really don't like deep dish. It's a casserole. It's a whole thing. It just sits in your stomach like you've just eaten a lumberjack breakfast. Gross, right? I'm talking about tavern-style thin-crust pizza. It's amazing. It's my favorite type of pizza. It's the pizza I was raised on. My dad wanted to recreate that because he couldn't find it except for one place in Denver. So he, my mom, three other couples, they went about, they created this restaurant. It was called Andalini's. It was in Applewood, 20th and Youngfield. We owned that until I was like 11. And like a lot of things, it all kind of fell apart. It didn't exactly do what they wanted it to do. And that's because they didn't have everyone on the same page with their vision. Now, I say all that to set up this week's guest. I've got Ramesh Madakasira, and he is the founder of Urban Village, a fantastic restaurant down in Lone Tree, right by Park Meadows. I had the privilege of interviewing Ramesh inside his restaurant, which is beautifully appointed, and sample some of his food. The chai was on point and just about as delicious as any chai I've ever had in my life. He also had me try the urban cauliflower. Now, I am not a cauliflower guy, but this cauliflower... I would go and order intentionally. It was so good. The urban cauliflower is crispy cauliflower tossed with tomato chili sauce. And you can hear me kind of eating it throughout this episode because he gave me a big plate of it and I would pick at it throughout the entire interview. It's the only interview I've ever done where I've eaten during it. Done plenty of drinking episodes, but never an eating one. And Ramesh tells me the origin of Urban Village is that he and his wife wanted good Indian food, but they wanted to have like a date night too. Seeing that there was nothing that fulfilled that need in the Denver area, he goes, you know what? I better create my own thing, which he's a man after my own heart, because that's how I solve problems too. Don't like the music and the shows I hear on the radio? Go to college radio, create your own. Dissatisfied with your job? Create your own. Not getting what you want out of local entrepreneur podcasts? Create this one. So Ramesh did that, and Urban Village is amazing. I cannot wait to go back. Now, what's remarkable about this is that Ramesh has a day job also. Although, given what he talks about here, I think in the early part of this episode, wrapping up at 11 o'clock at night, you might call it his night job, right? Because he manages IT teams in the U.S. and in India. And the time difference there, we talk about it a little bit in this episode, seems very, very challenging. But Ramesh is remarkably driven, has tremendous vision, and is just an all-around great dude. I enjoyed sitting down with him. I love trying his food, but more than anything, I love getting to connect with a cool entrepreneur who is chasing what he wants, and to me, with remarkable clarity. Now, that all comes up in a bit. But first, if you have not listened to Ramesh's first job, that aired on Monday, two days ago, you got to go back and listen to that one because 
his story about opening a liquor store in his home province in India, shortly after Prohibition, takes a turn. Halfway through, I'm kind of joking, like I normally do. You know, we're just having a good time. It's very light, and it takes a turn. So that's a plug for the first job series. I only plug those on Facebook on Mondays. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, or the John of All Trades homepage. The only place you'll find them publicized is the John of All Trades Facebook page. So make sure you like that. That's J-O-A-T pod. New episodes drop on Wednesdays like we're doing right here. And I promote that across platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. All the same handle. So like us on all of those platforms. J-O-A-T pod. Now then, enough stalling. Let's whet our appetites here with Ramesh Madakasira, the founder of Urban Village Eat and Sip. It's a fantastic Indian restaurant in Lone Tree. He's episode 238 of the John of All Trades podcast, and that starts right now. I think Wednesdays uh, is when I have uh, my offshore calls with the India team and that sort of stuff. Oh, my. Yeah, so, but other than that, Wednesday... Is like any other day. Okay. What time is it in India right now as we record this? So it's almost 3 o'clock p.m. Yeah. It's, a, they are, it's like a 2.20 for them, 2.20 a.m. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So when it's morning there, it's like dead of night here. Correct. Right? Yeah. And so, man, what's that do to your schedule? Like, uh, that, you have to be working insane hours, are you? Um, I mean, uh, technically, I mean, I don't, I'm not yet feeling that. Uh, basically, I uh, schedule my time getting disciplined there, uh, except for a couple of days, uh, other days in the night calls is very unlikely. But I think by 11 o'clock, I kind of uh, wrap up my work, okay. planning for the next day and all <laughs> the stuff. So it's not crazy yet. Uh, but I'm trying to balance that, you know, I'm trying to, I'm forcing that's coming. Okay. I'm trying to get into the discipline. Um, All right. So you, you say that in such a nonchalant way, which is really funny to me. I'm usually wrapping up by 11 p.m. Yeah, that's sort of outside of people's norms, right? Unless, I mean, you know, unless you're this crazy workaholic, um, most people are not sort of doing work at that time of day, yet that's when you're shutting down. Uh, yeah, but I, uh, I, for me, uh, I personally don't feel it crazy yet. Even even before even before I have this, had this restaurant, I think wrapping up calls it used to be more crazy. And uh, now as you grow, as you grow older, uh, you understand. Uh, what the importance are. You d- define the priorities. Right. I mean, if you have to wrap up everything, yeah, you won't be able to sleep at 11 p.m. Yeah. But I just get that priority set in place. Okay, these are the things that I want to do, I have to do, yeah. uh, and wrap them up that day and go to the next item the next day. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I understand what you're, what you're saying. 11 p.m. is not normal. Unfortunately, it is becoming normal, and I'm not hitting it, honestly. You're not hating it? No. No, that's good. Well, that's really important. Yeah. So this is Ramesh, the founder of Urban Village. As we sit in your restaurant, and this is the first time I've done an interview with food in front of me, <laughs> had your chai. It's delicious. Um, it's Thank outstanding. Um, and it's funny. When this interview was proposed to me, it was sort of after my own heart because when I was about five or six years old, my dad had a full-time day job, and he, my mom, and three other couples decided to open a restaurant right down the street from us. Wow. So he was working two full-time jobs. Now, when you're a kid, you think to yourself, okay, uh, they opened a restaurant. We go to restaurants for fun. Yeah. This must be all fun. (laughs) (laughs) They quickly found out just how much work that is. 
So I'm curious. You have a very successful IT job, right, where you are managing teams. You just are articulated that you're wrapping that up about 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. What compelled you to start Urban Village on top of what you were already doing? As I'm going to take a bite of your delicious cauliflower here. Absolutely. That's called Urban Cauliflower. Urban Cauliflower. Name. Yep. <laughs> um, so uh, I think uh, it's been, uh, th- there has been a burning desire inside to do something for years now. Oh, my now. goodness. That is outrageously good. <laughs> My statement? <laughs> I, I think not, right? It's probably wow. the cauliflower. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not a cauliflower guy. Yeah. But my goodness, that is, it's crispy and it's a little bit spicy and sweet. It's got a lot going on. It's outrageous. Yeah. That's our spe- uh, chef's uh, patented and special urban cauliflower. Wow. So, yeah. It's a, it's a tomato-based uh, and, you know. Yeah, it's it's remarkably good. So I'm going to let you keep talking because uh, I'm going to go to town on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so had this uh, burning desire for a while to do something, you know. It's not just it's not new to me that desire that uh, fire inside it's not been new. Uh even from my college, uh from my like 11th grade, 12th grade onwards, I've been even though when I was studying in the college and stuff, mm-hmm. we were having fun, no doubt about it. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, my brother is uh, one of the inspirers to me. He he was not good at college. He knew he's not college is not for him. So he's been trying, even though uh, the same thing like me, um, he was going to college, but he was doing a side business already. Right. So that kind of inspired me back then. So ever since, I've been doing two two things, three things parallelly. You always have a lot going on. All, all the time in Got my it. life. So, and it's, it's been progressing also. So that's, that's one thing. So once up, uh, in, in my college, that's when we started, uh, my brother ha- was a contractor, and I said, you know, I'm going to invest into that. So um, he had one tractor. Do you know the tractor? Mm-hmm. So um, I said, like, I'm going to get one of the tractor and, you know, invest into that. And that was a side business. And then it was not successful, obviously, uh, because I was not mature enough to handle that. Understood. So a failure. I said, sure, no problem. I mean, uh, but then I think when I was in uh, college, uh, I, I started doing a side job just for fun. It's just that I was... I was Just working for fun? Yeah. I just <laughs> wanted to do something. It's because you go home. I just hate watching TV. I just hate sitting in a theater for so long. And after a half an hour, I was like... No, I'm wasting my time. I know that it's it's like natural. You don't, you don't do well with downtime, huh? Yeah, but not not at all. I really do when I'm under so much pressure. I know that, so that's why I want to create that because I can, you know, uh, hit the uh, hit the borders and cross those borders. Well, so. you've picked the right business for it, I think. Then, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. It's too early to say that, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's uh, that's uh, another reason. I was when you said like, "Hey, let's do this interview." I was like, "I wasn't sure. I'm. It's just too early. It's not. I don't even completely know about it." Ah, okay. So there's still a lot to be discovered there in is. terms of what you're doing. But mm-hmm. let's go back to the journey a little bit. So you said you're always doing two or three things. Uh-huh. You mentioned the tractor. Yeah. What came after that? What What were some of the other things you had your fingers? So in? after the tractor, I figured, you know what, business is not my thing. Is like my brother can do. Uh, my dad was an employer. He never did any business. My br- brother was the one. But then said, "Okay, I think I'm not good at business." I said, "Okay, let me do something." And that's when my one of my uncles, he got a. Uh, he was into business, obviously, and that he got a uh, contract where you need to digitalize 
your government records, basically data entry right. stuff, right? I okay. uh, said, hey, I'm looking for people, you know, part-time. I just need to do that. So I'm like, you know, I'll do it. I uh, pulled four of my friends. I said, I said, it was like more business and working for someone. Right. Uh, more like I said, I, I'll get four people, including myself, it'll be total five. What's your work? How much work that needs to be done? Give me this. I, I made a subcontract with him. I said, I'll get that work done. And he was expecting that work to be done in like three months. Mm. And for us, it was like college or this, that's it. And we were getting paid for that. <laughs> and it's like, let's nail it. Day and night, day and night we were working, day and <laughs> night. Because we didn't even know we were getting tired. It was fun. Just like we didn't. Doing data entry. Exactly. That we was fun. Yeah. We did not know how to even type. We learned it. <laughs> And we did it, and in two to three weeks, we turned it around, and then that was done. And that's it. And after that, you know what, let's go get more business around this. I think we are able to do it. (laughs) And then we could not get any other contracts after that, because it's a big business. We were kids back then. We were just (laughs) had high aspirations, but we wanted to do something, but we were in like a dark room going all over. Like, whatever comes on our way, we just pick it up, just do that. But it, we did not have clarity. We did not have vision back back then right. as to what we were doing. Well, I mean, if you're that age and you have vision, you're, I mean, you're next level Correct. at that point. I yeah, mean. yeah. Mark Zuckerberg or someone. Yeah, right. But we definitely knew uh, we wanted to do something. We didn't want to you know, waste time. Right. So did you – I mean, you mentioned you were working day and night. Were you still doing the college thing at that point too? Yeah, I was okay. in college. All these things are in the college. Okay. But, okay, so what did you end up getting your degree in? I'm a bachelor's in computer science. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Um, a lot of people associate college with sort of a lot of, you know, debauchery. Um, how do you do with, uh, I don't know how to frame this properly, but how do you do with conventional notions of fun? You mentioned not wanting to sit and watch TV or go see movies. Are there things that you enjoy in your downtime, like in leisure time? Do you make space for other sort of recreational pursuits? I, absolutely. I'm more outdoor person. I've been running like since my, I don't know, high school. This is all natural to me. These things I did not do it, hey, it's good for your health or you got to be fit. It was not that. It's just that once, but all, most of them have started like that. Okay. I started like, oh, okay. Let's do this, running, let's do that. And then naturally got sucked into that, and I continue to do that, right, all these things. Yeah. So it's, it's just been, uh, for, for college, for like, it's a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We used to play cards, um, right. you know, watch movies, bunk college. Don't go to college, go for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Enjoy that feeling. You right. Know? Sure. Yeah. It's just that feeling in the college when you are there. You got to experience that life for sure. No doubt about it. Right. By no means I'm saying you got to go that. It's just saying naturally if you feel that, take it to the next level. Touch that. Don't suppress that and say no, no, it's not for me. Right. Just because you're in college, yeah. that doesn't mean you shouldn't be pursuing your dreams. Right. Just that you know, you be suppressed most of the times when it occurs to you. Is that okay? That's some passing cloud to me. I'm just saying that, right? Just go grab it. If you're able to grab it, that might not be the end. That right. could be the beginning point for you to, that'll take you somewhere. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a great way of framing it. And it strikes me that you seem to be uh, very able to be present in each moment. Um, is that something that you work on or is that something that's come naturally to me? Because you said that, you know, all of these things, like I didn't start running because of my health, but you loved it. And a lot of people... Are, are chasing something and they're not exactly sure what. Yeah. 
right? But it seems like you are sort of in the moment in a lot of ways. Is that something that comes naturally to you? Um, it has not come naturally when I started it. But okay. eventually, I think I figured it out. Mm. Without that, you are going nowhere. Uh, so that's when it, it <laughs> won't come from the beginning, from day one to you. You should be blessed if you get right. that. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, so it's like once you get started, once you, I had all these experiences, I wanted to do something, just not one. It was not all, it's not fulfilling all the time. Right. I could do something else more. I could do something more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Once you, once you have that, but you should be ready to fail. Yeah. <laughs> and again, don't stop there. Get up again, go keep moving, right? Right. Again, you know, you have to have a safety net when you fall down. You should be able to come up and go to the next thing in the life. Don't put everything into that and say when you fail, you don't know where to start now. You're right. broken at that point. Again, there's a balanced line there between taking risks, falling, and getting back up again. So if you are, if you, these things won't come yeah, from uh, no. day one, right? <laughs> you need to figure that out. But do something small. Sure. Do something small. If you can, that's where it'll take you to the next level. Well, and one thing I would say is um, some people will, like, they'll be afraid to try, and they'll think of failure as a period at the end of a sentence. Mm -hmm. It's not a period. It's a comma. Yeah. Right? It's let's try this again. Let's do something else. Absolutely. Um, Because there's, there's always opportunity to do something more or better or different or just trying again. And so the other thing I was going to say was on early on in this show, I had a guest who said, leap and the net will appear. So people are standing at the precipice. They're looking over the edge of the cliff going, wow, that's a long way down. Yeah. That is a long way down. And I'm kind of afraid to jump. Yeah. But leap and the net will appear. I found the, the universe tends to reward risk takers. And that sounds like um, sort of what you're doing, especially with two different gigs. And in the restaurant industry, very tough industry. It's very, very challenging. So you're sort of new into it. And before we get into that, what ultimately compelled you to open Urban Village? Yeah. So uh, the long story short, so been meaning to do something or the other. And then uh, it's been 11 years. I'm in the U.S. In the last 11 years, I've been roller coaster with two boys. Oh, my. So uh, How old? My older one is seven, and my younger one is four. He's going to be turning four January 8th. Oh, I'm right there with you. I have two girls, five and three. That's awesome. See? Yeah. So, and it, it was... <laughs> I know what it's I, like. Because I, I knew <laughs> my second job is that. <laughs> when I was doing, I was like, okay, now I'm doing, I'm hands full. Now now that they're grown up, now they're a, almost done with the diapers, and almost they're able to eat by themselves, and almost they're by, almost there, which I love this age, even, you know. Um, I said, okay, this is the time now we need to think about what's next. It's about what's next. Right. Like, I, I really like Satya Nadella's hit refresh, right? You know, you always need to refresh. Okay, what's next now? Let's stand here. This is where you are. Next five years down the line, what are you going to do and why? Hmm. There are various reasons, right? That's when it, uh, a couple of years, it's been two years now I've been looking for an opportunity to do something. Did not know what. But then... Do you just it, not it, have enough to do? <laughs> it, it just occurred. It just occurred. Uh, it, it, I have it, but it's just that my mind is always, what is that we can do? Okay. And it, this, this did not come again. Some things natural, some things uh, are adapted by reading books. When right. somebody says, hey, you're 90 years old, you're in a bed, you're lying down, you look back, look back mm, to your yeah. life, what do you regret? Mm-hmm. 
What do you regret? Do you regret watching TV, not doing anything, having beer and chips in your hand? Or do you regret going out running outside, enjoy the nature, life? Do you regret taking challenges? Even if they are failures, that's okay. What is that you regret? I know the answer for my question. For my question. The answer for you could be different, mm -hmm. right? It's different life. That's why we are many human beings here. So like, okay, that's, okay. I know what I should be doing. And then, same inspirations, like all these books. Make sure why you are doing this, mm -hmm. right? It's not just for a reason of doing it. I've done that. I've done that in right. my college days. I've done that in my previous, you know, years, not knowing why I'm doing that. I knew what I needed to do, but not why. But then that's where I was uh, definitely uh, looking for why. And then that's when I said, like, okay, let's take a small step first. And so, like, we wanted to go out all these anniversaries, you know, birthdays. He said, I need to, I need to want to go have a nice dinner, you know, for mm -hmm. a date night. And so, like, sure, let's go ahead. And all the time, I'm an Indian. Yeah. And all the time that comes to my mind is, I really wish I had a nice Indian restaurant. I could go, dine in, eat nice food, have a great experience, and come back happy. Yeah. And next day be also also be happy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Said no, there's none there's in none. Denver. Really? At least to me. <clears throat> sure. There could be one for you, but for me, we sh we looked around and they said like the, the great food, you know. Yeah. Some have great service, all this stuff, but not all this combined. I did not feel like, you know, we have one. So, so not like, the right ambiance, right? And correct. not the right experience. Like the food may be dynamite, may be terrific. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, if I can sort of infer what you're saying, because I love Indian food as well, mm -hmm. most of the places feel like, like you're eating inside a strip mall. Right, the yeah. ambiance is just not there. You're, it, I mean, it's like cheap furniture, really stark walls, fluorescent lighting, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, this food is great, but where am I? Right, like you know, and and so it doesn't become an occasion. It it becomes like you're checking a box. You're like, oh, I feel like Indian food, so I'm going to go sit in this right. strip mall. And, yeah. Yeah. Right, you could, you could do that on a on any normal day. Sure, I mean, I like the uh, Indian food. Let's go eat, you know something in here i go eat i'm happy I'm, i i don't have any complaints there sure my complaint is i want to celebrate my day this day i want to take my wife yeah. on a date night where do i go i go to season 52 mm -hmm. i go to you know all these restaurants great experience we have fun and come back but can I not eat Indian food there? Season 52, hey, can you get me a naan, please? <laughs> <laughs> and have a champagne in my hand? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm with you. Where do, where do I go? <laughs> you had to make it. That's it. Yeah. That was, that was it. Okay, that's it. That I have to do it. And then I started, and I know nothing about restaurants. My, I have done other businesses, but nothing about restaurants. I was like, how do I make it happen? It's not rocket science. Well, but, no. Right? But it, it, is, it is foreign. I mean, it is something that you haven't done yet. Yeah. I mean, the way you approach that reminds me of when I was in college and I was listening to the radio and I was really frustrated by all the shows that I was hearing. I didn't like the DJs. I didn't like the music selections they were playing. So our, my college had a radio station. I go, I'm going to go down there and get trained and I'm going to make my own show. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a show that I'd want to hear. Yeah. The problem was I couldn't hear it because I was the one doing it. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But uh, the, the way that you sort of identify a problem and you go, all right, you know what? I'm going to solve it. 
So that's really cool. Right. Uh, solving is one. There was one, and there's a desire to do something. There's a second thing. Yeah, yeah. And then you, when, you, uh, when you see, look around the world, and say, like, okay, we can, we can do it. But, again, uh, clear vision what I wanted to really do it, right? Mm -hmm. Then that's when I've been looking out for this opportunity for two years now. And yeah, why I've been waiting to have right people on the bus. Oh, yeah. Because you can't execute your vision by yourself. No. There's no way. Especially something like this, yeah. Without knowing what you're doing also, right? So it took two years for me. I said, this is my ambience. This is not, I take total pride to say this ambience, the way we wanted it, it's exactly what I dreamt it, like nail to nail. Oh, man. What a, There's no doubt about it. It took a, a while. It took, it, yeah, after I see it, whether you like it or Taylor likes it or not, I love it. Good. And I love it because that's, that's your baby, mm-hmm. you know? Your baby, you like her, like, her, like him. Well, uh, Ramesh, I mean, I think one of the things that comes to mind is, like, I love comics, you know, stand-up comics. And... Almost everyone who started something that's great was doing it for themselves. Like, I find this amusing. Or this is what me and my friends always laugh at. Right. And if you're creating something that's authentic to you, chances are other people, even if that's not exactly their thing, they will sense and feel that authenticity. Yeah. If you're doing something for the wrong reasons or it comes from the wrong place, uh, people will go, eh, that feels off. That's false. Correct. Correct. Um, So... The, the fact that you're doing it for you, this is the experience that you want, I think other people will gravitate to that just because people search for authenticity wherever they go. I, I, I would completely agree with that. I think the world is like that. You acknowledge, you, you also help them achieve their dreams because right. if everybody is doing the same thing, then where is the uniqueness, right? Sure. Because Elon Musk is building Tesla cars. <laughs> right. Do I go and build them? You want to dream them? Yeah, you want to dream something like that. But you don't ha- it doesn't have to be exactly like that. But you don't want to hate them because he's building something great. Sure. That's, that's how the world grows. I mean, that's how it should be. Right. But I think that that's how the most of the world is, if not the entire world. I think um, the things that are successful, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, when he unveiled the Tesla truck, I go, that is the <laughs> ugliest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, people still, you know, t- did you see that? It ain't for me. Right? Yeah. But the thing is, if you're trying to make something for everyone, you, you make can't. it for no one. Correct. You can't. So, yeah. like, there are people who are going to look at that and go, that is outstanding. Right. I am way into that. Yeah. And I'm like, I am not among you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's okay. There you go. Yeah. So that's that's all that matters. It's funny you bring that up, too, because when my parents opened their restaurant in, like, 1986, my dad had this vision for it. He wanted to make – so he's from Chicago. It's a very similar problem that you're identifying. He couldn't find, like, Chicago tavern-style thin crust pizza anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's not a deep dish guy. Tavern style is bigger in Chicago anyway. But – so he wanted to make this sports bar. There was a place that was sort of modeled off a place – actually, not far from where we are. It's no, It's no longer in existence. He wanted to license a name and a bunch of sports memorabilia on the walls, but his fellow investors muddied up the vision. They're like, no, we got to make it white tablecloth. Yeah. And so, like, the restaurant becomes neither fish nor fowl at that point. Mm-hmm. There's all this sports memorabilia on the walls, but there's also white tablecloth, and this guy wanted to have croissants. It's like, yeah. it's an Italian restaurant. What are you even doing? What are we talking about? <laughs> so my question to you is, you said this is uh, a perfect sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, manifestation of your vision. Did you have to fight against anyone else um, to make this happen? Did anyone have a differing vision that you had to overcome? Uh, so I think uh, 
probably I would want to say no because from day one when we started when when I had partnered with uh, uh, my other partners mm-hmm. right so um, again just to deviate this question a little bit sure so it's all not just my hard work here it's a team behind me and all of those that's where you're going right so yeah of course um, we had the vision I showed them pictures I draw I drew and said like and showed. When you Google, you'll sh- you you can see what pictures you want. Mm-hmm. I showed them this is how it should be, and the, and the problem for us was there was an existing restaurant here, uh-huh. and it was set up in a in a way, whatever way, right? And then <laughs> when we come here, it was so hard for us to take this out and bring this new thing in here. If yeah. it was an empty slate, it would be easy for you to work around. Sure. You know, what do you want to do? Uh, but anyways, the short answer was we had the clear vision. I told them, this is my vision. This is why I'm doing. This is why I will do if it is before we partnered all the stuff. And I think we kind of are aligned with that. And I think they like that idea as well. Yeah, right. I, we are definitely aligned on that aspect. There were certain things here or there in terms of should we need to invest so much into these tables? <laughs> right. Right. Should we need to get this, you know, chairs like this? You know, our theme was copper. That yeah. It was clear. We told them, is, this is the theme. And the only thing we had some differences was after we set up the theme, after we, when we were buying stuff, for example, a signboard. Did you see the signboard? It's from the inside out, it has to be consistent, the same thing. And we were thinking about getting this red, you know, signboard, like how you have for Jimmy John's and that sort oh, of stuff. Oh, sure, yeah. It's like... It works. I mean, nobody cares about it, honestly. Yeah. I need a signboard. I need a signboard coming here. But that's not my theme. Yeah. That's not our theme. This is. It has to be rustic. It has to be brownish. Now, let's think. That's what I mean. Yeah. Now, you go figure it out. That's if, as long as you get that, that's where we do, right? It took a while for us to get the signboard. Yeah. Just because we, I spent enormous, enormous amount of effort, energy towards figuring out what and then who can do it. Yeah. Well, the the differences you're articulating are are a difference in degree or a difference in detail, but not right. a difference in kind. Uh, right. That's correct. Which is really important. You know, you compare that against my parents starting their restaurant. You've got a guy who wants croissants on the table. Yeah. This is a pizza joint. Right. That's a fairly major disagreement. When you're right. talking about a sign that is either red yeah. or brown. Right. You go, okay, well, this is something we can work out. Yeah. Like, we're at least in the same ballpark. <laughs> I, I have a good example for that. We did get into all that also, where even myself got deviated to that aspect. We wanted to have biryanis in the house. Okay. If you see our menu, we do not have biryani. Ah. And you will, you will not see any Indian restaurant not having biryani. Uh, that is true. We do not have biryanis. Why not? And then, yeah, so we said, we if you want to create something new, you want to go out of the box. Yeah. How far? It, it is a risk. It, and again, what kind of audience you are welcoming. We, we, that difference was there, and I think it still exists. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're trying there because there are, I see many customers coming in and just walking out just because we do not have biryani. I don't blame them. Wow. I don't blame them because I, I want to eat biryani. I go to a restaurant. I eat biryani and come. But again, so then we took a step back and said, okay, that's one dish we are talking about. Mm-hmm. But look at the bigger picture. What is our vision? What is our goal? What is it we really want to do? Stand out. If I'm going for a date night, I'm not eating biryani. Well, no. 
Absolutely not. So who are you welcoming into the house when uh-huh. there's a table that's having a date night and having a romantic time, and there's another table? I'm not by any means saying that biryani eaters are, <laughs> but it is a, right. it, it, it is a, a time when you eat biryani. I like to enjoy have party and eat biryani, and that's a different theme altogether. Sure. No, that's an altogether different experience. Correct. And so, I mean, what you're describing, and this comes up on this show all the time, uh-huh. whether or not you have biryani is you don't want to step over a dollar to pick up a dime. Correct. Right? Because right. what you're doing is trying to, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say subvert expectations, but evolve expectations. Right? So if you don't have that, people should come to ex- expect a different experience. Right, that exactly. is how you differentiate yourself. Absolutely. If you put it on there, you're not that different now yeah. from a lot of the other places. You are, but you also aren't. Right, exactly. So you, you, you're just not saying that we are different. Right. But we are also doing things differently. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, and yeah, my my chef always says, hey, you know, I understand customers want to eat when you have made a dish, a normal dish. Which, which is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I want to eat a biryani made by Urban Village. Customers are asking for that. Let's do it, but not every day. Yeah. Let's do a biryani festival. Let's nail it that day. Let's show what biryani is. Yeah. What how we can do it <laughs> and what it can be. What it, not right? not just what it is, but exactly. what it can be. And what it can be. Right. So that, that's when and he made biryanis from uh-huh. you know. When when there's a catering, when customers come and say, hey, I have 100 people, I want biryani, absolutely, sir. You got it. We will do it for you. <laughs> and they'll love it. Sure. Right? It's just that in the, in the house, how different you want it to be. Absolutely. Right? So. You've brought up a, something a couple of times here, and it's the team that you have behind you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I talk about on this show quite a bit is how do you get everyone to buy into your vision um, and get them on the same page? Because ultimately, that's... That's going to determine whether you're successful or not. So you've built teams now in both IT and restaurants. How are the experiences similar? How are they different? (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a fantastic question. Um, Now that I have done the restaurant business, then work in the restaurant business, I can compare those two. Honestly, there's no difference. There's no difference. There's no difference. None. It just the, yeah, because it is the people all the time. What we need to realize is, is the people, is the skill set, it is uh, where they're coming from, their backgrounds, right, two mm. different sets. If they're not different, then you're not making anything great. Mm. It has to be, you, you must have people in your team which are coming from different backgrounds. That's when you're putting together something great. Right. That's when you are thinking from different perceptions. But you cannot, like as a leader of the team, if you are not listening to them, if you're not thinking what they are saying, you listen, really listen. Then sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes they're not uh, aligned with your vision, not aligned to what you want to do, aligned with your goals. Right. Then you tell them, that's not our goal. It's a great idea, but that's not our goal. Right, they understand that. Yeah. So that is that is there. So how you solve those uh, differences at the end of that is how it matters. How you're gonna go forward? You don't want to say nope, that's not a good idea. Next, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> I think so. I work in my day job in issues of public policy, public concern, public controversy, and 
a lot of the times frustration arises out of people feeling like they're not heard. Correct. And what you just articulated, I mean, this is true on a micro level. This is true on a cultural level. We had a client who was trying to put a store into a new neighborhood. Usually this client is welcome to wherever they go. In this case, this community was really upset because of some legacy sort of infrastructure issues and they, that they thought were going to be made worse. So we just held an open forum. We had uh, someone transcribing. We had like a court reporter there. We had people come up, make official comment into a microphone. And a client comes up to us and goes, we're never going to fix all these problems that they're talking about. And I go, you don't have to. Yeah. The thing is, people just want to be heard. You don't necessarily have to solve their problem. Right. You don't have to take every idea. Yeah. But as long as you sort of go, I heard you. Yeah. And like I acknowledge what you're saying. Right. That's a great idea. It doesn't fit our vision. Right. People go, okay, well. He's listening. Yeah. And like my input is valuable. Correct. Even if we don't do what I said, right? At least I'm part of the team and I'm being heard. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's fascinating that there is no difference because on the surface it seems like you'd be making two entirely different things, but you're not. It it, it is. I mean, they're, they're definitely different. The only difference I would uh I want to think is uh at work, I have many different people who've been in the industry. I've been in the industry for like Close to seventeen years. Mm-hmm. I know, I know a little bit about that than the restaurant industry, and I have bigger teams and more intellectual people. Mm-hmm. I'm not by any means saying that I the restaurant, the team that I'm pairing with right, are less intellectual. It's just that we do that for eight hours in a day or ten hours in a day, and we have been doing it for seventeen years. Yeah. And then when there are new people that are coming, most of the times it's just not repeating the mistakes of what we're trying to avoid. Sure, in, in, right? Because you have seen that. In the restaurant, my chef has been there for in the industry for eighteen twenty years. He says no, <laughs> you know. But we, as a mature person, we need to understand why he's saying no. Yeah. Ask the right questions, chef. Why do you think it's a, it's a no, right? Yeah. Is that maturity? It's like you could be on the listening side, you could be on the asking side, but it just depends upon what are you wanting to take a next step, mm-hmm. a step forward, or you wanna you don't know what you're asking. Right. Right. There are two, two different things. Absolutely. Yeah. So how long has Urban Village been here now? Now it's been like uh, three months and three like months and some seven change. days. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> three months and a week. Yeah. Um, what so far has been the biggest surprise to you uh, about opening this restaurant, uh, about the restaurant industry in general? What surprised you? Yeah, I think um, the most surprising thing is... Uh, how you, we deal, we talk to customer, uh, talk to our team members. How um, staffing, I would say, just want to bring just that up. Staffing has been the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had a lot of uh, hiccups in the just last three months, and not because they're not aligned with the vision. It's just that simple differences. You're not, you're not matured enough. But we're trying to train them. Every time we uh, hire people, we tell them, I know where you're coming from. I do not blame them at all. It's just that how they have been treated in their previous oh, sure. restaurants, in their previous jobs. They just care. And I told them, you know, the, you have to give me time. I can't, I'll, I'll promise I can write it in document or whatever. That's not what it's going to prove. Work with me for three months, six months. That's what it's going to prove. Right. You know, how I treat you how I'm going to pay you. And we want to grow together. That is the motto of this organization. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. We help each other. I, every time, you know, they say, thank you, sir, you know, helping us. It's like, you don't realize how much help you are doing it to me. You have no <laughs> idea about that. It's just, it's not about money again. Never, 
this restaurant has definitely not been money at all. That's been the last, least, least thing that, to worry for me. It's been to get that, get that experience get, and then help people in the community. Right. You know, if I'm able to make a change in your life, there you go. That is it. That's what I want to do. You know, I've heard staffing is uh, a challenge for restaurants all across Denver and Colorado. It is. And so, I mean, in a lot of ways, you are dealing with a larger trend that is sort of beyond your control. I mean, Denver has very low unemployment right now. RTD Correct. can't get bus drivers Correct. to uh, to staff uh, the, the light rail. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, with, with the crunch in the labor market and so many new restaurants coming out all the time, right. it's hard to make yourself stand out. I mean, particularly in a neighborhood like this where, I mean, if, if I were to type in restaurant into Yelp, I mean, how many Maybe. results would come up, right? <clears throat> so I think the ways in which you stand out, and <laughs> one thing people don't do that I give you a lot of credit for is working with people to market you professionally. Correct. Right? Yeah. Getting outside help. People right. go, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of ghostwriting uh, in my day job. And people go, I know how to write. I go, well, yeah, <laughs> you, do, you do and you don't. Right, right. So, yeah. I mean, there's writing and then there's writing with purpose. Yeah. So one thing that uh, is always interesting with restaurants is uh, getting a liquor license. And you all have one here. Right. Um, what was that process like? Oh, yeah. It was uh, It is not that bad. But uh, uh, I really did not want to open this restaurant without liquor. Sure. I really did not want. And that's where I compromised with my team saying that it's going to take like three months for you. And there is a learning curve for you and for us. Let's get that first things done. Mm-hmm. Because uh, even for my other uh, uh, partners, it's liquor is new to them. Oh. So we none of us know about anything about liquor. Like, I know how to drink, <laughs> but I don't know how to pour. Sure. I don't know how to sell. You know, what, yeah. who is, where am I going to buy the liquor from? All the, <laughs> right. It's like, those were the biggest things. But once we started filling the applications, that's when we said, all right, okay, yeah. this is what we have to do. Okay, let's do it. And then many of them told us to go to the external uh, contractors who could just do for you. I said, no, challenging things we should take. Yeah, we got to learn how to do it ourselves. We got to learn. Yeah, otherwise, yeah. if you give them, you just do it. And what about our second restaurant? Who is going to do our second no restaurant? No kidding. You right? already got your eyes on a second restaurant. Absolutely. This is this is just a beginning. Always, okay. it has always been beginning. Our vision is big. No doubt about it. So when how big? It, it it has to be a brand. Yeah. People when you in the U.S. when they say urban village, that's why if you see nowhere we say it's Indian cuisine. Mm. It is deliberate. We do not want to say Indian cuisine, people coming in here for Indian cuisine. When we say in urban village, people want to know, oh, yeah, that's Indian, Indian cuisine. What does it say? Because it, it says like... Eat and sip. Eat and sip. That's yeah. right. Yeah, because when I drove up, I go, right. oh, that's interesting. Right. Um, yeah, because a lot of places are just very sort of beat you over the head with their concept. Like, hey, come into a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> come into a Japanese restaurant. Right. right. We don't want to be... At the same time, we are not going to serve anything other than Indian. Yeah. But again, when it is Indian... If you see this, it is married with some other cuisine. Yeah. It is not authentic Indian. If you look at a lamb chops, we don't eat lamb chops at home. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know, sure. uh, the, the concept is adopted but made in Indian style. Anyways, so... Um, so you, you want this to be big? Uh, yeah, it, it okay. definitely. Wow. Um, it, 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 it will be a brand. We'll work hard towards that, and we are working hard towards that. Have you seen – this is a weird entry into this question, but 
Have you seen the meme online where there's a guy walking with his girlfriend and he turns around and looks at uh, at a woman walking by and his girlfriend is sort of offended by that? Have you seen that? It's it's basically a guy turning around going, ooh, who's yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, his girlfriend's like, hey, right, I'm right, right here. Right here, yeah. <laughs> the reason I bring that up is has your attention being paid to Urban Village, has that hurt what you're doing in your other day job? So from my thought process standpoint, a little bit, but then I drew a strong line there. Okay. I cannot compromise my day work by any means that that will be my priority okay so that that's why when i go in there when i'm starting my day work i do not even it doesn't matter how critical it is unless it is like falling all roof down that did not happen and i hope it never happens Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not going to pay attention to this these things can wait that's why we come up with a week plan and saying that okay the next week what are the things that needs to be done do we have this do we have this and thanks to my chef and he usually takes care of outside uh, work as well mm-hmm. and I have a great team that is supporting him so they and we get, we trust them so most oh, that's big. That, so the, the the problem with you with that is if you're not able to trust your team if you're not able to delegate big things to your team then you are under stress then you have to do that why? It's just because you don't trust them. Right. That's where I trust them. That's where from the beginning, where when I hire new staff, when you're partnering with folks, when you are doing a business, chef is trusting us. I mean, we, it is, mm. I mean, we are completely trusting him, not just inside, outside also. So that's where he's taking care. So a lot of my pressure goes on just because a lot of my stress levels are low during my day, day job is because he, I know he's, He's capable of he's taking care of it. He's got it, yeah. And the only thing he sends is maybe a text message saying that, Mr. Ramesh, like, you know, this is the thing, what do you want to do? Yes or no? Yes. That's it? No? Gotcha. All right. All right. So that, that's the only thing. I think that's why I'm most comfortable as a consultant because <laughs> clients are usually giving me things that they don't have time or bandwidth to handle themselves. And they're like, I need you to just take care of this. Right. And they're paying me, so they trust me. They're They're not just... You know, the, like when I was working internally at a number of places, I'd make decisions, but I wasn't empowered to make them. They'd be like, "Whoa, hold on. Before you do that, I go, why am I even here? Right. Like it, it, I, I am not here to be your glorified assistant. Correct. You, I need you to empower me to make some decisions. Absolutely. And back the plays that I make. That's why I think I have this reputation as having a problem with authority. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is probably fair. (laughs) I hear what you're saying. But the thing is, I don't think I'm unjustified because now that I'm in a consulting role, people go, okay, you need to deliver this for us. And and if I don't, well, we're going to cut that contract. Fine. I'm going to deliver and thank you for trusting me with your business. Correct. And so to hear you say that, you've got two teams that you are sort of in charge of, mm-hmm. and you can't be over everyone's shoulder the whole time. And if you do, it's death for one or the other and probably both. Yeah, it is. So. It is. You know, you just nailed it by, by explaining it. Uh, again, it all boils down to the trust. And our motto has been the trust also. From the beginning, we said trust and respect. In the restaurant business, that's what I've heard. People are lacking is respect. The yeah. servers, the dishwashers. Sure. So if you do not respect them, if you respect them, they'll stay. I know. Can you do the job? <laughs> right. Right? Uh, they are doing the job, meaning they should be the most respected people there. They are doing their job. I'm doing my job. I have my skill set. I can do 
you have different skill set. Right. Uh, you, you you do that. So those two have been the fundamental uh, fundamental reasons why we want to be as a team. Um, when we when we talk in the in our initial meetings, we had this like people jumping out and all stuff. It's like <laughs> that. Okay, let's remind our motto. What is what is our core values? Respect and trust. Uh, that's the first and last meeting we had where it was Great. not comfortable. <laughs> After that, we are all listening to each other. Yeah, really hearing what you're saying. It has come. It has. It has come. It has become much better. Okay. But just you. You just need someone to remind why we are doing that. What is that you're doing? Why is your thought process not a great versus this one? Mm-hmm. If you bring that rationale to the to the table, people will calm down. If right. you react, that's when you'll see bigger problems. And that's why when I'm interviewing people. Anyone who applies for a job, you can tell by their resume whether or not they can actually do the thing, like functionally or vocationally. But I always ask them questions that they're not ready for just because I want to see how they think and what the vibe is and what their thought process is. Because if you can get those intangibles dialed in to where you're all kind of on the same page or you have a similar style of working or a similar philosophy – it's going to be much more harmonious, even if someone is technically a little bit better Better. Mm skill-wise. It's over the long term maybe going to be poison for your team. Yeah. So I'm with you 100% on that. I completely agree with that, yeah. So I I do a lot of interviews at work as well. That's the same thing. Cultural fit. Yeah. Number one is cultural fit. Is that a fit? But how do you tell in half an hour? <laughs> yeah, in the 45 minutes discussion. It, it can be hard. Right. And I, I mean, I found in doing this show, yeah. I will talk to people who try and give me boilerplate. You know, they'll, they'll just sort of read me their press release. And that makes for terrible radio. Right. right. So I found you need to, when that happens, I always ask them a non sequitur. Because the more you can kick someone off their axis, mm-hmm. the harder it is for them to get back to it. And the more that you do that, they'll never get fully back to where they are. Yeah. And once they do that, you kind of see who they really are and how they think and how they improvise and things like that. That's much more interesting to me than, oh, so you have three years experience, you know, working with Microsoft database. Right. Oh, God, yeah. just kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I can tell if you're going to be a real red ass, you know, and like I don't need someone like that on my team. Yeah. That's, that's not who I vibe with. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we have seen we have seen all those uh, kinds of people. Uh, all the not just in interviews, <laughs> right? Even you know, working. Uh, it's just that uh, you, know, you know you don't want to work with him or her right. at that point. But it is too late. <laughs> is one of us yeah. have to leave? But again, how do you how do you transform that into a better relationship? Mm-hmm. You show how it should be. You should be behaved. In the long term, people will, will, will learn. Nobody's perfect. No, no. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Nobody's perfect, but at the same time, if you are able to, yeah. if you're able to bring that, make that obstacle into an opportunity, I mean, I take those things as like, okay, you know what? It's not just you, you are feeling bad about the other person. There are many people feeling the same thing. Then that means that's a validation point. And that's when you say, okay, let's do something about it. Well, and I think some people get relationships confused too. I don't need to be like best friends with everyone I work with. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, there can't be. They're different types of relationships too, right. and I think some people get that confused. Yeah. There are people I love working with, just that I love doing projects with, right. that I will never ever want to hang out with socially, nor <laughs> they me. Right. right, and there yeah. are people, and this has happened before, where I'm best pals with someone socially, and we do a project together. I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Like we have two completely different working styles. Correct. So, I mean. 
finding the appropriate fit for a relationship is exactly what you're describing. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, transition here. Um, we are approaching 2020, and you've got a new menu coming out. So take me through that. What's going to be different at Urban Village? And then tell me what's next coming up for you, coming up for Urban Village. Give me a look ahead. Yeah. So um, our concept is uh, is simple and complicated. Uh, <laughs> simple in the sense of we want to have a simple menu every season. I really enjoyed the way you said that, too. Right. It's simple <laughs> and complicated. Ah, yes. <laughs> Um, so every every three months we have to work on new menu. Oh wow! We wanna when we put together a menu again, uh, we make sure it, it, it is all driven by a framework. That's what we are aiming for. That right. It be, makes your life easy. Well, so it's like for, learning chords on a guitar, right? Mm-hmm. Once you learn some chords, you can do all sorts of different things with them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for winter, we are uh, we have a few signature dishes. We don't want to go away from them, so they will be there in the menu, and there will be some new stuff. Uh, like for example, uh, the gold guppa is going away in the winter. Okay. Uh, instead of, yeah, <laughs> people, we want people to come back and ask for those, you know. Oh sure. But the urban cauliflower, the one that you're eating, uh-huh. John, and the kale mung dal chart, they will be there. Oh and yeah. I would say they would be there forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So because they are the favorite ones, every customer comes and have, have those. Wow. So the southern style fish fry will be gone, and we're gonna replace it with. Uh, uh, mussels. And oh, yeah. It's called rasam mussels. It's winter season. Uh, it's a rasam is like basically a, a tomato-based broth, and you will have mussels in that. So it's like you know, for winter, that will be a perfect fare to come sure. and sip some of them. Tandoori chicken is there. Uh, the paneer tikka is gonna go away and gonna be replaced with uh, a different variant of that. Uh, basil lamb chops are going away, and then oh, basil lamb chops won't go away. <laughs> they will be there. Uh, and tandoori salmon as well. So essentially, I mean, you're you're just evolving the concept a little bit and, and keeping things fresh and keep giving people reasons to come back. Correct. So so think about it, right? The way I think about this menu is, uh, I'm not an expert, but the way I see it is, why are you bored eating your mom's food every day? She makes the same food you have been eating years. Mom, the same <laughs> thing again. I don't want to eat this, right? <laughs> so at the restaurant, we are seeing customers coming again and again. We don't want them to be bored of seeing the same thing. Right. At the same time, there could be certain things which they like. Yeah. We don't want to take them. We don't want to just replace everything just for the sake no. of that. So we're going to keep keep those signature and bring some fresh touch to those. That's when they get that feeling. Gotcha. It uh, And, I mean, there are places where I go where I try something different every time. And there are places I go where I want the same thing every time. Correct. Which, so, yeah, I mean, a tough needle to thread sometimes. But um, you've been in existence for about three months beyond the menu. What else is next? What what For Urban Village, what what's coming? Um, that's... Uh too early to say because we want to be we want to stabilize yeah. our version one. I call it as version one yeah, sure. of Urban Village here. But our vision and goal has been, as I mentioned, to create a brand. How do you create a brand by bringing these two new locations yeah. and giving this same experience or better experience to different customers who cannot come here? People are driving here from Boulder. Wow. From Broomfield. Fantastic. And there was there were there was a uh, couple who were visiting here for shopping from Spring, Steamboat Springs. And nice. they were shopping and some they were, you know, in dress, coming out of dressing room and they were trying to find a restaurant and one of the customers was passing by. I overheard you guys talking about a good restaurant. 
there's a new restaurant down down the street. It's Urban Village. You go there, and it was her birthday here. So she came here. She celebrated it. It was great. But just imagine how you feel when someone says that. Yeah. They drove here three hours to celebrate their birthday, wow. and they enjoyed. And they gave a great tip to my, you know, service. Sure. That's it. That's what you want to do. And But it's not that's it. It's like a new challenge to be consistent about that. You want to be able to keep that up, keep the expectations up. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, another location. We don't know when and we don't know where, but it will be. Fantastic. All right, Ramesh, this is the point on the show when we do plugs. Where can people find Urban Village? Website, in real life, anything you want to plug, do it now. Right, yeah. So urbanvillagerestaurant.com is, uh, is our website. We have a Facebook page. We have Instagram. Uh, if you just Google us, you'll find us. We've been into 5280. We have been into 303 Magazine. Nice. We've been into Westford. Everybody are praising when customers come here. Uh, the 303 Magazine is what they said. Hey, what a drive. doesn't matter where you live. People are driving here, and they're saying, yes, it is what a drive. Fantastic. I will link to all of that on the John of All Trades uh, companion blog piece. It will also be in the show notes. You can find that on John of All Trades. Us, or if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of a billion other podcatchers, they're all out there in the show notes on the companion blog piece. Be sure to check out Urban Village. Ramesh, this was a real pleasure, and I wish you continued success. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you today. And let's close the doors on episode 238 of the John of All Trades podcast. Big thank you to Ramesh Madagascira for sharing your experience with me. I enjoyed sitting down with you. Urban Village Eat and Sip is amazing. I cannot wait to go back encourage you to do that too. Go to the John of All Trades homepage for all the links. They're also in the show notes at johnofalltrades.us. If you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or another podcatcher, check out the show notes. You'll find links to everything you need to know to sample the delicious food of Urban Village Eat Pay some love to our sponsor, 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E.es. No matter what you're doing online, building a website, social media marketing, online advertising, or trying to reach people in the online space, 4Degrees can help you do it and do it better. They win awards for what they do, they are insanely talented, and they continue to build an award-winning team. I'm proud to feature them here on the John of All Trades podcast. The number four, D-E-G-R-E.es. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M.us. I've got a couple of new podcast projects that I am producing coming up. So if you have an organization or a business that thinks it could tell its story in the podcast space, hit me up. I will help you conceptualize it, and I will produce it if you'd like. I'm out of here for this week. We've got a brand new episode in the pipeline coming up next week, so stay tuned for that. Be sure to like John of All Trades on social media, J-O-A-T pod on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. And until I hear you again, say goodnight, Grace. That's good, Johnny.